I'd like you to imagine with me for just a moment this morning, imagine that instead of coming to worship God this morning like you did, that the sign out in the front yard was a little different. That you were just driving by this morning and there was a sign out there that said there would be a seminar this morning on a guaranteed way to get more wealthy. And you having nothing much better to do this morning and being interested in being more wealthy, whipped into the parking lot and took a seat. Now, you could be average income, you could be poor, you could be wealthy. The point is you just want more. You're interested in getting more wealth. And as advertised on the sign out front, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that I've got a surefire plan to wealth and prosperity. If you just follow the plan, in fact, you don't even have to do all the plan. This, this is such a good deal. I've got 30 things that if you do any of them, you'll get more wealth. So what I'm going to suggest in this seminar on wealth is that out of those 30 things, you pick three things, just three, 10% of them. Pick three things, commit to do them this year. None of them are impossible. None of them are really hard. But if you do three things out of my list of 30, I guarantee you, you'll get more wealthy. That's a good imagine, isn't it? That's a possibility, but it's not what the sign out there said. Let's suppose instead of Church of Christ, that the sign out there said, there's a seminar this morning on getting healthier this year. And you may be in all kinds of different shape, but you saw that sign and said, yes, I'd like to be healthier. Well, you might subscribe to Muscle Magazine. You might be a 98-pound weekly. You might have to use two scales and add them together. Well, whatever shape you're in, you saw that sign and said, I want to get more healthy. And the guy in here doing the seminar says, I've got a surefire way, absolutely guaranteed for you to get more healthy this year. If you follow my plan, you'll be healthier next year than you are this year. And you're interested in that. So you come in and I give you 30 things, give you a list. None of them hard, none of them impossible. Same deal, only got to pick three of them. You pick three out of my list of 30, commit to do them this year, and I guarantee, absolutely guarantee, you'll be healthier at the end of 2014 than you were at the start of it. If we had seminars like that, would you sign up? I mean, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? If you were interested in wealth, if you were interested in better health, those sound like really good deals. Third scenario, imagine that instead of guaranteeing wealth or health, that the sign out front said this was a church. Uh, th this was a family of called out people that belonged to Jesus. And you might fit anywhere in the spectrum. You might be a young babe in Christ. 
You might be an aged saint. You might be struggling. You might be average. But if you came into the seminar and the guy up here told you, I've got a surefire plan for you to become more like Christ. You're part of his family. You're supposed to grow more Christ-like, and I've got a plan that will guarantee improvement. In fact, I've got a list of about 30 things. I'm going to suggest that you pick three off of my list, any three. None of them are impossible. None of them are even hard, really. And I guarantee at the end of 2014, you'll be more Christ-like than you were at the start of 2014. Now, I realize we shouldn't have to imagine scenario number three. That shouldn't be an imagined thing. If you're a Christian, that ought to be your daily goal. That's kind of the way you ought to think. I want to be more like him. That's what the Bible talks about. Verse that was read for you just a moment ago, Romans 12, 1 and, and 2. Let me read that again, just make sure we got it. James pointed out that the first 11 chapters are all the doctrine that teaches all the blessings that we have in Christ and how all of that works and all that. And then when he starts verse 12, he's getting practical and he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, because of who you are, because you are the family of Christ, Because of that, I urge you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Become more like Christ. Become less like the world. Become more like Christ every day. Now, Paul didn't say every day there. He does in 2 Corinthians. You get over to 2 Corinthians 3.18. And he says, we are being transformed daily into his likeness. Day by day, we ought to look more like Jesus. That's what being a Christian is about. Paul said said in one place, his goal was to present everyone mature in Christ. Now, you may not think about that verse much. Preachers, think about that verse. Elders, think about that verse. That was Paul's goal. Everybody that comes under my teaching, I want them to be mature in Christ. I want them to grow up. That may not be what you think my task is. You think, may think my task is to fill 30 minutes or less. With something that's semi-entertaining. Not too boring. Well, that's part of my task, I guess. But do you understand what my real task is? Is to help every one of you grow up in Christ. It's what Paul thought his was. Now, if you're visiting or if you're listening to this on a CD or some other place, some other time... That's okay if you get some good out of it, but this is for Northside members. This is who I'm talking to today. The last Sunday in 2013, what I'm interested in 
is those of you who have chosen to put yourself under our shepherds, who have chosen to put yourself under my teaching, deserve a chance, deserve the best opportunity possible to grow up in Christ. You can do a lot of it on your own. Some people do. They figure out ways and they work at it and they they, they do it by themselves. But being together as the family of Christ, my teaching ought to be as biblical as possible, as practical as possible, as motivating as possible to help you grow up in Christ. It won't always be entertaining because sometimes the word pokes us a little bit. If you just want to be entertained, there are a lot better places to go. The goal here is to grow Christians up. So, I want to start this next year, I want to finish this year, I guess, with a really truly guarantee like I just talked about. Uh, One exactly like I talked about. And the goal is that if you follow the plan, at the end of 2014, you can look back and say, okay, I have grown. I am more Christ-like than I was a year ago. I've got a handout for you, and I've got the, the teens who are going to help me here. They're going to hand out some things for uh, most of you. Now, not everybody would go ahead, teens, get to work here, see if you can get it get covered. There they go. Uh, not everybody gets one. Let's get adults, teens. If you're a Christian and you're serious about growing up, take one of these. I made them red and green so they're a little festive for you. As for you old Grinches that didn't get anything this year, you can at least get something that looks a little festive. Now, if you're a kid and just want to draw on the back of it, don't take one, please. We don't have that many. If you're an adult that's not interested, not serious about growing up, don't take one. If you're already perfect and don't need to grow up, don't take one. Other Christians, though, that are thinking this guarantee sounds like a good idea, or maybe thinking it sounds like too good to be true, take one of these. Follow along. We're going to go through it. We're going to talk about some ways to do it. If you're not interested, lay it at the back of the room when you leave, and we'll get it to somebody that is. Now, some of you are thinking, some of you old-timers are saying, that looks kind of familiar. It is. I did this 11 years ago, believe it or not. 11 years ago, I did one very similar to this. And the reason I chose to do it again is because this year, twice, I had people tell me, you remember that checklist you gave us a long time ago? I still got that on the side of my refrigerator, and I'm still working on some of it, okay? So that's the benefit of only having to take three. You can work on this thing for years. But after I heard that a couple of times this year, I thought, you know, that was a pretty good checklist. Let's see if we can start 2014 with that. I've made a few modifications, but in general, the old one works pretty well, so hopefully this will help you. Now, let me just go back to our imaginations. If you would listen to an expert on wealth who guaranteed to make you wealthier, 
if you would listen to an expert on health who guaranteed to make you healthier. It seems reasonable to me that you would listen to an expert on Christ-likeness before you get silly. It's not me. I'm not the expert on Christ-likeness. The Holy Spirit is, though. The Holy Spirit is intimately acquainted with Christ-likeness. He's intimately acquainted with you. He dwells in you. He knows what you need, and he knows what Christ wants. Every item on this little handout I've given you is supported by Scripture. Holy Spirit wrote the Scriptures. How are we doing? We have enough to get around? I don't know why I ask. I can't help you. That's all there are. So I do have two here. If somebody needs two more, I got two extras. If you need one afterwards, if you didn't get one, scoot over by somebody that got one, and we'll get you some more afterwards. But okay, the Holy Spirit is an expert on Christ likeness. If you're interested in being more Christ-like, I think you ought to listen to it. Now, remember, there's a whole lot of things on here. Not quite 30, close to 30. But you can only pick three, so don't get carried away and start making checks as soon as we get started here. You can only pick three. I grouped them just like New Year's resolutions ought to be grouped. People usually pick something about diet or something about exercise or something about finances. So uh, believe it or not, all of these fit in the same three categories. So let's look at the sheet here. I gave you the verses up at the top that said we ought to be interested in being transformed into his likeness. And one big group I put there is I will improve my diet. Now this is a spiritual diet. If you want to improve your physical diet, that's a fine goal and go right ahead. But this is a spiritual diet. And here are some ways to grow more Christ-like, guaranteed, in 2014. First one is daily Bible reading. Now, we've talked about that enough here. I don't need to go over it. Being in the Bible is good for you. Reading His Word is good for you. That's how we grow. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 tells you what the Bible is good for. We've got a different plan every year. We, we try to mix them up so people can get uh, try different things and stay interested in Bible reading. A few years ago, we did this one, the Daily Bible. We picked it again for this year. It's what's recommended at Northside if you want to do daily Bible reading. Get this. It's different than a regular Bible. It's a chronological Bible. You can buy them at any Christian bookstore. You can order them online. Hopefully, we'll get yours here if you ordered one. Uh, Effelgard Smith, Brother Effelgard Smith, laid the Bible out in a chronological order. He put a little few comments in there that help you understand each section. And he uh, broke it up into 365 days of reading. Can't get much handier than this. Folks that did it four years ago, many of you said, I never understood the Bible as well as when I read this. It was a big help to a lot, a lot of people. Now, you don't have to do this. We've given you other uh, plans. There's plans on the Internet you can find and follow them. Just read. Stay in the Bible. If you have a reading plan that you like, you can keep it. Period. Okay? Stay with it. That's all right. But if you're looking for a new one, 
<laughs> a good one. We've got a good one for you. So uh, do some daily Bible reading. Great way to improve your diet. Second, more regular attendance. More regular attendance. It's good to be regular in coming to services. Not everybody's regular. I, I just understand that. Some people have to travel business and other things, and uh, there's reason people get sick and all that. But there is a benefit to the regularity of it. God said the Sabbath was every week. Every week he wanted people to slow down, to quit working, to think about spiritual things and family, and step aside from worldly things. That's good for us. God dreamed that one up. He said that's the way people work best. So you may have so many busy things that you just can't possibly get here regularly. Well, that might be a good way to improve your diet. We preach in series around here. If you're not regular, you don't get the whole series. If you show up once a month, you get an introduction or a closer or something out of each series, and and it doesn't help you grow as well. More regular attendance. Increased attendance. Now, I didn't put a box by that because that's too general. It needs to be more specific. So pick how you're going to increase your attendance. I put down four options or other options, but Sunday class, Sunday evening, ladies' classes, Wednesday classes. Those other times give you both an opportunity to learn because the Bible studied in all of them. But also gives you a chance at fellowship. Also gives you a chance at service, depending which ones you pick. On Sunday evenings, we study the Bible and we dig a little deeper okay, than we can on Sunday mornings. We take a topic or a book and, and tackle it and dig a little deeper. A couple of ladies' classes, one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday, I know they dig deeper into the Bible. Wednesday classes... Part of the year, they come with a side benefit. You get a meal. But the Wednesday classes dig into different topics so that anybody can find one that interests them. And that's an increased way to improve your diet. So maybe you want to pick that. I've only been coming Sunday morning. I'm going to pick something else and improve my diet. I'm going to get a little more each week. Better reading material I put down. Philippians 4, 8 says we ought to think about good things. Some of you may read a lot, may be reading the wrong thing. You can improve your diet just by changing your reading list. I told you before that I read all the time. I've always got a book or two going, and one year it occurred to me, I wonder what I'm reading. So I started keeping a list. I wrote down every book that I read. When I got to the end of the year, I looked at it and said, you know, I'm reading a bunch of junk. You know, I mean, it's not evil, but it's just not beneficial particularly. It's interesting, and I like it. And I said, i got to do better. So I'm going to read one good book for every junk book I read. Yeah, I still read some junk. Entertaining. I got to relax every once in a while. But I try to put more good books in there biographies, history, things I learned something about, religious books, whatever. That improves your diet. The last one I put there is less TV and movies, etc. Yeah, I know you can watch good stuff on TV, but most of it's pretty useless. 
Yeah. Cut some of that out. Some of us know a whole lot more about movie stars and series and what episode we're on than we do about this book right here. So cut out some of that and do your daily Bible reading. If you say you haven't got time for that, I'd beg to differ. I bet you do. Okay, second big group. I will increase my exercise. First Timothy 4, 7 says we ought to work at this. Okay, number one thing I put down, spend more time with Christian friends. Now, I didn't put that up in attendance because coming together in a big group with it like this, you're really not spending time with Christian friends. I mean, yeah, you see the people that sit close to you and you say hi and you ask how your week was and all that, but you're not getting any closer particularly. Yeah. So I put this down in exercise where there, there are so many other groups at Northside, I couldn't list them all if I tried to, to think of all of them probably. There are so many different groups of people that get together in different ways than the assembly, and that's good to be with Christian friends. That'll exercise you. That'll help you grow up. You'll get their perspective on things. Some of them are pretty casual. Some of them are pretty uh, just fun times. And some of them are pretty serious. Men's accountability groups. Something like that really exercises you and helps you grow. Second one, visitors lunches. That's something we've got here. We divide up into eight groups. And every eight weeks, it's your turn to bring a little extra food and stay for lunch. Some of you don't do that. That's not a hard thing. One out of eight. If you do that, you know what you get? You get to meet some members that you don't know. And if there's visitors there, you get to welcome them. I'm talking cook a little extra food and stay for an extra hour. Remember I said none of these were impossible? None of them were even hard? That's not even hard. You don't even know what your group you're in, some of you. You look on the list out there, find out what group you're in, check that box, and say, when it's my turn, one out of eight, I'll be there with some extra food. I'll meet some Christian friends that I don't know. I'll meet some visitors and help make them welcome. And you get almost free meal. Third, practice hospitality. Have people to your home. I realize that's really outmoded. We don't do that much anymore. Don't do it near as much as we used to. But practice it. You will be amazed at that how, how that helps you grow up. It helps you meet other people. And you, you don't have to do it alone. I've recommended this before. Uh, team up with somebody. In fact, this year, I'll admit Cindy and I hadn't done this for a few years. and We kind of got out of the habit. This year, 2013, we started again. Okay? We asked a couple to be team partners with us. And one month we meet at our house. Next month we meet at their house. They invite a couple. We invite a couple. We call it guess who's coming to dinner because sometimes we don't know. And there's four couples there then. Four families. We don't rule out families with kids. There's four families there. Twelve months, or even if you have to skip a month because you're so busy, or something, if you do it ten months, you've met 20 new families. Now, we don't pick our best friends. We don't pick people that we already know everything about and associate with all the time. We pick up people we don't know. That's a good thing. 
Practice hospitality. Fellowship activities. We've got a lot of different things around here for fellowship. Our classes are organized by age group, and they do teaching on Sunday and then uh, fellowship also. And I left the old class names on here. I know we've changed them, uh, but this described the age groups a little better, I thought, than what our names are now. So by your Sunday morning class, you can get into the fellowship activities. Service activities. Classes also do that, but there's a ton of other things to do here at Northside. Teaching, assisting, our children's education department needs a lot of people to work down there. That'll help you grow up. Just just be a guide in the far wing. You'll learn a Bible story or two. That'll be good for you. <laughs> it improves your diet at the same time. Uh, get to serve the kids. Greeters. Got greeters? Now, now all of these aren't for everybody. You're kind of antisocial and an old crank. Don't sign up to be a greeter. Okay? We'll have to tell you thank you, but you need to serve elsewhere. You know, if you're afraid of meeting people, if you don't want to walk up to a stranger and introduce yourself, don't be a greeter. Being a greeter is not about just greeting Northsiders that you know and love. It's about welcoming visitors and helping them get acclimated. Ambassadors, they go visit visitors and sick and shut in. Sign up for that. The kitchen, a lot of work to be done in the kitchen. The Wednesday night meals, funeral meals, kitchen crew takes care of all that. You got to be able to work hard. You got to be able to follow instructions. Got to be able to carry on a good conversation. If you're in the kitchen crew, it'll help you grow up in Christ. Others, then here's where I could go on and on. We got so many areas of service around here. Uh, our annual surveys got them all listed, but there's so many things to do. And Women Walking with God conference, and ladies retreat, and fall festival, and youth parent team, and uh, showers, and building maintenance, and outside maintenance. It just goes on and on. That will help you get to know people and help you grow up in Christ. Guarantee. Third one, I'll be a better steward of my finances. Tithe regularly. Now, some of you are starting to swell up on me and saying, you can't tell me I got to do 10%. I know that. I heard that all my life. In fact, I heard it so much I got to thinking it meant you can't give 10%. No, what it means. It's not sinful to give 10%, folks. Tithing is Old Testament. I know that. It's a real good place to start. You want to grow up in Christ, start tithing. It'll teach you some things. You'll learn some things. You'll learn about that's the purpose of it is to learn that God can take care of it. He can do more with 90% than you can do with 100%. We've talked about that enough. You know that. And and by the way, on that, some people don't want me to tell you you got to tithe. I'm not telling you you got to tithe, but look up at the title of this thing. The title of this is not how to get to heaven. How to get to heaven is not about giving. The title of this is getting better, growing up in Christ, becoming more Christ-like. You change your giving habits, you'll grow up in Christ. Second one I put is to sow. Find some good work beyond your regular contribution. Find something to give to. We've got two big opportunities here. Know your Bible and missions we talk about once a year. There's a bunch of others. 
Carpenter Place, all kinds of good things to spend money, uh, give money to. Sow some seed somewhere. Sacrifice, that's the third level of giving. And that's where you go by faith. I don't think, I, I don't know how I can do this. But that's a good work. I want to help participate. I'm going to give and it's going to hurt a little bit. You'll learn about God taking care of you. Battle materialism. That's bad time of year to talk about battling materialism uh, because we're so wrapped up in it right now but you got to do that if you set out to battle with i'm going to have i'm going to buy less things i'm going to have less things i'm going to give more you'll grow more christ-like last one get out of debt we talked uh, two years ago i think it was about willing and able you got to be willing to give and you got to be able to give a lot of people are willing to give. They're not able because they're so far in debt they can't give. Yeah, you might have noticed there is a sign out front about that. We're going to try to help with that this year and have a seminar that will help you learn how to get out of debt. Okay, so those are the main three. Now the fourth one, kind of a bonus. Hebrews 12.1, and I want to read it. I summarized it. I want to read it exactly because there's two distinct things in Hebrews 12.1. We get to Hebrews instead of Romans here. Okay. Chapter 11 is about the cloud of witnesses. And Paul says, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Okay. This whole sheet is about running the race, about becoming more Christ-like, all of that. Paul says to do that... There's two things. You throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Okay? Now, if you try to do this list, you pick your three and you try to do them, but you've still got a sin that's entangling you, that's messing up your life. Those three might not help you that much because that's... Sin entangles you, it ties you up so you can't run very well. And the other thing he mentions besides sin is the things, uh, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. That's two different things, folks. Getting a specific sin out of your life that's entangling you is something you can pick to work on and that will make you more Christ-like. But the other part of that verse is there's things that just entangle you. I mean, that hinder you. They're not sinful. They just hinder you. Think about that. If there's something, when you looked at some of those top ones there and said, yeah, I'd like to do that, but, man, that would mess up this. you got something that's entangling. you got something that's hindering. And maybe you need to get rid of that so you can do the good thing. So those are your suggested things. Now, if out of all of those you can't find three you like, I'm open for suggestions. Pick something else that will help you grow more Christ-like. But I think there's some pretty good ones in there. Uh, Pick them specifically. Name your sin or your entanglement or your hinderment, write that down, sign it, date it, put it on the side of your refrigerator or put it in your drawer or on your mirror or somewhere and work on that this year. Now, just very quickly, your goals need to be 
smart. And I don't have time to do that whole sermon on that. But that's the way to pick a good goal is make sure they are S-M-A-R-T, smart. Specific is first. They're already specific for you. I wrote them that way. I will improve my attendance more regularly. I will select better reading material. So they're already specific for you. Uh, If you just say, I'm going to read the Bible more this year. That's not specific enough. I will daily read the Bible. If I'm behind at the end of the week, on Sunday I'll catch up. Make a specific goal. Uh, I will pick a class and attend that class. I will volunteer in the safari wing. I'll be a guide first and then hopefully do something else. M is for measurable. Put a number down. Some way you can measure them. If you show up one time, one Sunday a month, and you want to increase your regular, be more regular in attendance, put down, I'm going to shoot for three times a month. That's my goal. Specific, measurable. Achievable. Don't make it so hard that you can't do it. Don't pick a whole bunch of things out of one section. If you only show up on Sunday mornings now, don't say, okay, I'm going to come to class and Sunday evening and ladies' class and Wednesday class. Ease into it a little bit. It's all right if you can do that and want to, but... Make it achievable. Uh, that's why I said there's three max. Just pick three of them. Realistic. Make it a realistic goal. If you've never taught before, don't know anything about teaching, don't write down, I'm going to be the teacher of the year this year at Northside. Okay? For one thing, we don't have a teacher of the year award. Uh, <laughs> number two, that's not re- reason to realistic. And last one is timed. Put a time on it. I'm going to start next week. I'm going to start Wednesday. I'm going to start January 1st. I pick a time. Maybe you're booked out of town all January or something. I'm going to start this in February. I'm going to volunteer to work in the safari wing starting in February. Pick a time. Okay. That's your your possibilities for growing this year. The elders are interested in you growing. Uh, let me tell you one reason why. Uh, they, they want you to grow up, of course. That's part of their responsibility. But you're also a part of this team. You're part of this body. You're part of the family here. The, the stronger you get, guess what? The stronger the body gets. Okay? So you get stronger. You get more Christ-like. The body will get more stronger. Uh, now, some of you may be thinking, well, it looks like kind of a commitment there. Yeah, that's what following Christ is about. It is a commitment. Jesus himself said, if you want to follow me, you better count the cost. Count the cost first because it's going to take some effort. You're going to have to give some things up. You're going to have to change some things. And hopefully if you're in Christ, you understand that and you already did that. Uh, Some people have never made that commitment. Some people here have never committed their life to Christ. uh, Haven't decided that that's what... They want to do, uh, and some of them know all the facts and understand what it means. Uh, my question for those of you that understand it all and have not made that commitment is, is why? You're starting a new year. It would be a great time to do that. If you understand that and believe that God is God and that Jesus is his son and that he came to show us God. He came to reconcile us to God. 
If you understand that he died for you and that he was resurrected to prove that he was God, and if you understand that he said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, if you understand all of that, I'd ask like Paul, why do you wait? Why do you wait? You may have some plans. You may be telling yourself, well, I'm going to make that commitment in 2014. That's good. But let me warn you about something. A week ago, I had some plans for the holidays. Holidays, we close the office and there are no regular hours and I can come and go as I please and Christmas and New Year's in there and all. I had some plans. I had my mind made up. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work on this and do this and relax and try to go hunting a few times. And I had those plans. I had a wedding I had to do early in the break. I'd planned for that. What I ended up doing is I did a wedding and two funerals. That's what I spent my time doing is preparing for and uh, doing a couple of funerals. Both of those people entered 2013, I'm convinced, with no doubt that they'd be here at the end of 2013. One of them had a little warning. She'd been sick for a few months, had leukemia, and had a few months' warning. The other one had absolutely no warning at all. We don't have any guarantees. I've guaranteed you, you'll grow more like Christ, but I can't guarantee you, you'll be here tomorrow. If you've got that commitment that you need to make, you know you want to, you know you're going to do it sometime, there is absolutely no better day than today. Let's stand and sing an invitation song. If you need to respond, please come.